So the Export Academy will take them through finding a market, getting paid, commodity codes, free trade agreements, all the stuff that we take for granted because we work with it every day. It makes it understandable and manageable. It's bite-sized chunks. Welcome to UmiCast. I'm Nikki Clark, Chief Executive here at UMI, and today is all about exporting. Whether you're wondering where to start or you know what you want to do, but you're not sure about the best route. By the end of today's podcast, you'll be inspired to push on with your exporting ambition, but you should also have a clearer understanding of some of the key things to watch out for and where exactly to go for help. And I've got two uh, guests with me today who are going to be perfect for helping us navigate our way through that. Uh, I'm joined by Caroline Wilson, the Department for Business and Trade Strategic Partnership Manager for the Northern Powerhouse, and also Amanda Rowan, one of the Department for Business and Trade's International Trade Advisors. So, as I say, absolutely perfectly placed to help us understand more about exporting. Um, Caroline, good morning. And um, can I come to you first? Would you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, good morning, um, Nikki. Thank you very much for inviting me to be part of this podcast. As you've mentioned, um, my name is Caroline Wilson and I'm the Strategic Partnership Manager in the Northern Powerhouse with particular responsibility for the West Yorkshire Combined Authority and York and North Yorkshire. But that said, um, I work alongside my colleagues right across the Northern Powerhouse, so hopefully we can support partners um, wherever they're based. Uh, my role is to build the ecosystem of partners looking to support and promote the work of um, the Department for Business and Trade and to support those partners to update their networks on up-to-date information on international trade. Really interesting and um, of course you know the world we live in today is is all about partnerships really isn't it and particularly when you're trading on a global platform having access to networks, people who have done their you know been there done that also, who'll collaborate on things like product development is absolutely crucial. So um, that sounds absolutely perfect. And we'll hear a little bit more about that in a moment. Amanda, hi. Hello. Hi. Thank so you. Tell, Thank us, you. tell us what uh, an international trade advisor does and, and how, you, uh, how you came into that. Um, well, how I came into it was through actually working for BE Group many, many years ago. And seeing some trade advisors at work and thinking they look really happy and engaged in what they're doing. And I went to talk to them and find out what they did. And I thought, oh, one day I'd like to do that. Now, it took a circuitous journey through living in Spain and coming back and doing all sorts of things. But I joined the team uh, two years ago this month. And I work with a team of colleagues across the northeast. And we've got a, a northern team, which is sort of from um, Newtonacliffe, like uh, Durham Upover, Newtonacliffe and Durham Upover. And then we've got the Tees Valley team. And we work with local businesses of any size. It's a bit of a myth to think we only work with SMEs because we don't. Uh, there's no barrier on the size of company. Obviously, the bigger companies will have maybe an export team. So their needs and, and knowledge update requests and things might be a little bit different. Um, so we might be working with the um, business development team on a specific um, request and then helping them formulate a report for their board to get the budget and the actions approved. With an SME, it's more or less the same, but on a very smaller scale. We're more often than not talking to the MD and working with them on a strategic plan. 
So the idea is we hook them in straight away to our great.gov UK website because there is an online action plan on there which will help them with the journey. They can also register for our export academy and I know we're going to talk a little bit about that later on. And they, they kind of underpin the work that their international trade advisor does. So we're kind of a combination between a coach, an advisor and a critical friend. We'll help them work out what's good for their business, whether they've got the financial capacity to actually carry out those export goals, if not, where else they might go to get funding. And then um, we look at how they enter those markets and we provide a range of support, um, which we'll talk a little bit about later on. But essentially what we do is we do a diagnostic, we work with the company as intensely as they wish and we signpost them wherever they think they need to go. And it's a lifelong service. If they want it, they can dip in and out forever. But there tends to be, um, I suppose, short term periods of intense working. Then they go off and hopefully they're successful. And then they come back when they want to um, explore another country or maybe take a, another product to the same country they're already in. Wow. So it's exciting. It's nonstop. Um, and the amount of knowledge we have to pick up is challenging. But it's one of the best jobs, if not the best job I've ever had. I love wow. it. Sounds great. And um, so I guess the key uh, takeaways just from that brief introduction that might be as I think you mentioned a surprise to, to some is that um, the service that you provide, which is a government service, it's part of the Department for Business and Trade, um, is available to any business. So any business of any size in any sector and better still, you can come back on multiple occasions to yep. explore new markets, uh, potentially mm -hmm. get some advice if there's been profound changes uh, in, in, how, in how you export and what's required to underpin it. So we'll come back to that in a minute. Yep. Amanda. It sounds like uh, we can get some really, really useful uh, information there and advice yep. for our listeners. Um, Caroline, just coming back to yourself for a moment, um, you know, uh, Amanda described there how complex uh, trading internationally can be. And of course, you know, it's the globe, it's the world, and it's got many cultures and many features and many facets. Um, and you mentioned at the outset the importance of collaboration across partners and the need to make sure that DB, the Department for Trade is really proactive in that and um, through, for example, your role. Could you describe to us um, kind of holistically for any businesses that are listening and particularly businesses that are listening within the Northern Powerhouse region, what uh, kind of things you're coming across at the moment? What's the landscape like with reference for, to, for exporting? How well are we performing and so on? Well, I think um, overall we're performing very well. Um, I think different businesses in different sectors have different challenges and I think it, it's no good talking about one in particular because I think um, that would be too too general. I think overall we're finding um, businesses that are prepared to think outside the box and to be flexible are actually doing very well. I think the way from my role and what I do it's actually making sure that the partners that we're working with whether that be trade associations or solicitors or IP lawyers, whoever they may be, are actually aware of the services we offer. But we're more importantly, we're aware of the services that they can offer our clients. Because I think, although we're a government department, we don't profess to be able to offer all services to everybody. So being by being able to signpost people to where they can get actual on the on the um, ground advice is really important. And I think what 
from certainly from my point of view, what I'm trying to do is make sure that there's no wrong door. Some people say they want, they would like to export or they would like more advice, but they don't know where to turn. So by making sure that we've got a really good ecosystem of partners who are actually working in this space, who actually know what each other has to offer, we can offer a no wrong door um, scenario to businesses. So it doesn't matter who they turn to, whether it's their growth hub, whether it's their accountant, whether it's their solicitor, they should also be able to help signpost people to the to the right place for the right bit of information that that um, company needs. Yeah, it's, I think that's absolutely um, crucial because, of course, um, I, well, I spent a few years uh, trading internationally, uh, well, about um, five or six years, actually, trotting around the world, and I had an absolute ball in the drinks industry, uh, the soft drinks industry, and I had an absolutely fantastic time. But uh, the the when you're exporting, it often leads on to other business issues or other business opportunities as well. So, for example, you know, looking at things such as how you best finance your business when you're exporting. And if you're trading in foreign currencies, how you manage your risk associated with that. So it naturally, doesn't it, it naturally kind of morphs into some broader business challenges. So if I come back to you yourself uh, there, Amanda, um, we touched yeah. on there a moment ago about the um, Export Academy, which yes. has an absolute wealth of information on there. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, perhaps if you can touch on as well, you know, if somebody's literally just starting out or, you know, they've got an inkling that their product or service might be right for an international market, where do they start? Just try and boil it down to a really practical level for us and talk us through the exercise. Right. Okay. The first thing they need to do is they need to get in touch with our helpline. And the, we've got a desk-based international trade advisor service. And they tend to deal with brand new exporters or smaller, you know, smaller SMEs. And they will do a quick diagnostic with them and they will usually route them to the Export Academy. So the first thing the business needs to do is get in touch with us. They need to register on the gov.uk website and they need to register for the Export Academy because once they've done that, they will get all the updates about the modules that are available. Now, what I would say is anybody who's got an export idea, that's fabulous. We want to hear about it. We want to help. But my advice is always begin with the end in mind. And the end in mind is a profitable export with a prompt payment and the opportunity for repeat business. So they're the things I would filter the idea through um, if they're trying to do a bit of work on their own. But if they log onto the website, they can do the action plan themselves and it, it, you know, it, it, it can do it alone, you can do it with an ITA. But the idea is that the, the, they, they can have that support in digital format, in um, Export Academy web, webinar format, and through the desk-based ITA. And if the desk-based ITA thinks they need an in-person ITA straight away, they'll get one. Now, the Export Academy covers everything from the, the induction module is really, a, a, is this a good idea? Is it possible? And will it be profitable? And that might include the modifications that you have to make to your business. So, for example, your product might not be right for markets in the Middle East. Um, it might be that, uh, for example, hand sanitizer with alcohol in, they had to reformulate a hand sanitizer without alcohol in for the Middle East. So it might be then that you need finance to be able to do that. 
and then we can direct you to various finance options to local authorities, business partners and UK export finance. So right at the beginning, it's important that they just think about what they want to do. Keep that enthusiasm while they go through the various filters, because it can seem like a bit of an impossible dream at times. But that's to make sure they don't make expensive mistakes. The last thing we want is somebody to spend all their capital in their business or their life savings on something that just doesn't have legs. So the Export Academy will take them through the various webinars from finding a market, getting paid, things like commodity codes, free trade agreements, all the stuff that we take for granted because we work with it every day, but a normal business doesn't. It makes it understandable and manageable. It's bite-sized chunks so that they get all the basics. They can do that analysis themselves, complete the action plan. And at the end of it, they'll know what their duties might be and tariffs and so on, which markets are the best ones for them. Sometimes we suggest Ireland, for example, because it's it's really easy to trade there as a first market. On the other hand, if you're wanting to demolish um, chemical plants that are 40 or 50 year old and there aren't very many of those in Ireland, well, you're not going to want to go there, are you? So it's about managing all of those options and getting them with a sensible, affordable, risk managed plan. That sounds fantastic. Absolutely fantastic resource. And um I think that advice around, uh, you know, managing your frustrations, because yes, you want to operate at pace, you're naturally going to be quite excited and ambitious about it. But you're quite right. Um, from my experience as well, it can be really, really costly if you haven't yes. done your research and so on and so forth. So I think the opportunity to sit at your desk and do that via yeah. something like the Export Academy before you start to incur the levels of cost and indeed risk of being in market is absolutely, absolutely. fantastic. Really, really, really helpful. And it sounds like a, a fabulous um, resource that wasn't there back in the day when uh, when well, I was it, it is absolutely incredible and the feedback's great. And I think the one thing it does as well is it creates educated customers. So when they go and talk to a freight forward or even a, a web designer for international you know, web design or, or a consultant on international trade or they're thinking about setting an entity up in Dubai or whatever, they've got some basic knowledge that they wouldn't otherwise have had. And that makes a massive difference to their negotiations around price and service levels, which is important. Mm -hmm. I think the only other thing that I would add with regards to the Export Academy, it's as Amanda said, it's absolutely brilliant for those new businesses who are just starting to export. Mm -hmm. But the Export Academy has actually expanded now and also includes masterclasses and mm -hmm. um, information specifically for certain sectors. So we do find that some of the larger businesses are also tapping into this resource. Might be for new members of staff or it might be that they're actually looking um, for more detailed information about a particular sector. So we've done um, sectors around space, we've done sectors around sports economy in Saudi Arabia, Arabia. so really niche um, webinars um, for particular markets. And I do think it's worthwhile all businesses actually registering for the Export Academy, not just those new, new to export businesses. Totally agree, Caroline. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. Amanda, um, I recall back in the day when I was exporting, um, there was uh, support that you could help actually accessing a market physically. So through, I think the language at the time was called trade missions, et cetera. Do those sort of things still exist? They do. We have a program um, of trade missions and we also support trade fairs. Oh, so right. 
and we also have the connection, of course, to 150 overseas posts, which are staffed by the Foreign and Commonwealth Development Office. But the, the staff there is similar to ITAs in terms of what they do. So if a business is at the stage where they want to make a, a market visit, we can support them by referring to the overseas post and they can do what we call an independent market visit where they go on their own, but they have a soft landing in that they are given some support from the post. They might even meet them while they're over there. Um, they'll get some market research and at least a, a three hours of team support before they go. If they go on a trade mission, then they get quite a lot more in-depth support. So we're currently looking at a mission to Turkey in October for the chemical sector. So this is a good example, I think. It had to be postponed because of the earthquake. But we're going to use a, a local um, e-commerce specialist to deliver a webinar pre-mission, which will cover culture, doing business with Turkey, uh, negotiating on price with people from Turkey and things like that, because as you know, every country is different. And it's very easy to cause offence by accident and lose a sale. Now, this consultant is also going to do an online web review for the, the people that are joining us on the mission, and that's to help them understand how they need to change their online presence to appeal to a Turkish market, whether it's a landing page in Turkish or, or something similar, um, and obviously to make sure there's nothing on there that, that would cause offence by accident, um, and to make sure that they really are presenting themselves to the global market rather than the, the local one. So that's all included again, free. And then the trade mission itself will include a visit to the embassy to meet some of the um, post staff to hear more from them about the help available. It usually includes maybe a meeting with um, distributors and agents and a session on how to deal with distributors and agents to get the best relationship from them. Might include a visit to a small um, industrial site if we've got time, but it will include, the, this particular mission will include a visit to a trade fair. And then we've got a day on meet the buyer where we um, we get companies to to match. So if you think like online dating is a bit of a crude metaphor, but it's companies that are, say, looking for a particular chemical from the UK and companies that make and sell that chemical and we match them. So they have like a, it's almost like a speed speed meeting. We try and get as many in as possible, guarantee at least two or three. Um, so the trade mission covers all sorts, and usually there's a cultural activity as well, a dinner or something, and usually a dinner or a drinks reception at the embassy or the commissioner's um, mansion or something like that. So it's a combination of getting to know the city, getting to know the, the place, the businesses, as well as meeting some buyers. Now, the trade fairs are slightly different. We have what we call a UK pod, pavilion, and within the pavilion we have pods which we will... Um, sell to interested companies at a fraction of the normal cost. They're very heavily subsidised. The pods um, on the um, in Cosmetics Barcelona in March, the pods, I think we had six of them. And one of the businesses there got an order during the, the trade fair, which is extremely unusual. And it was actually confirmed when I went to do the post um, trade fair visit with the client. Um, I was a little bit disappointed that in cosmetics, it wasn't all about, you know, the mascara and lipstick side mm -hmm. of the industry. It was about the chemicals go, that go into them, but never mind. It was still interesting nonetheless. So, so we're doing things like that, that, that kind of trade fair visit all the time with, as I say, heavily subsidised pods. 
and the people in post are the people that can tell you the, the on the ground knowledge about what's going and going on and happening. So I've got a couple of clients that want to set up entities in uh, Dubai. So they're getting expert support from our colleagues over there about how to do that, as well as some knowledge about how, how long people take to pay an invoice. It's not usually 30 days getting upfront payment and things like that. They, they, they'll give you as much knowledge as they've got about that area. So for the overseas side of things, we've got lots of possibilities. But when I say we don't let people go on these until we're sure they're ready, we're not gatekeepers. And if people want to go and, you know, they, they've got the budget to go, we would never stop them. But we, we don't encourage a, a kind of a, oh, let's go on a trip until they've got the basics right. Otherwise, they're wasting their money more likely than not. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's come through loud and clear. And that opportunity to do the desk-based stuff first to make yeah, sure absolutely. that you've got your ducks in a row, you knowing yeah. you, you know enough that you've uh, either filtered in a particular market in terms of one that's right for you or or it out. Uh, that's come through loud and that clear. And that 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 uh, support there is is extensive and certainly helps to de-risk uh, entering an export market quite significantly. Um, really for businesses that's great thank you very much so if we come on to uh you touched on there a, a little bit amanda that you know you, it, it can be you can make expensive mistakes uh mm -hmm. when you're reporting and you know sometimes there can be some barriers that you need to overcome and you need to dig deep yeah. uh, and keep yeah. that motivation perhaps both of you caroline amanda can just highlight for us um what kind of uh what are the what are the common um, not necessarily mistakes, but um, pitfalls that people can come across or, you know, bear traps that they can fall into. But it, at this stage, um, it would be useful them to, for them to know about. Okay. Caroline, do you want me to go first on that? You, yes, you can go first. Okay, thank you. Um, well, I think the first one is to understand um, how the law works in the country that you're going to export to. Um, for example, I've had clients ring me and say, oh, I've just found out that this particular country has um, a special code that I have to have for electrical goods. And, you know, I'm ready to ship and I haven't done it. What do I do? Um, I've had companies say this carnet business for tools um, to get tools into the, the EU. Um, I didn't know about that. I've been sending guys, guys over on holiday flights and I've been just taking the tools in a van and I've never got caught. What's the problem? And, you know, we have to explain, well, if your client gets caught with um, workers who aren't properly registered, they will get fined, you will get fined. And quite often the factory will be shut down temporarily. Um, it's just not worth the risk. Mm -hmm. But then they say, well, then what do I have to do? And then we get into the conversation about visas and carnets and things like that. So. The typical things we can talk to a company about are things like commodity codes. Mm -hmm. And again, if they know how to navigate through the uh, make.uk website, they will find how to find their own commodity codes. It might be that there's one that doesn't fit. So we'll guide them to HMRC to have a, a special dispensation for six months for a, a unique product. We can do that. If we're looking at chemicals, which is a big market in the northeast, then we've got to help them with things like the REACH regulations and the um, unified formula identifications and things like that. So, as Caroline was saying, the, the Export Academy has the web webinars, masterclasses for various niche sectors, but we also have sector leads that put a variety of webinars on as well. 
So there's, there's loads of information. Once we get hold of you and we work out what, what you need, we can do as much as little as you need to help guide you through the maze of things like INCO terms, which is international um, contract. That's the biggest thing. If you don't have that in place and you haven't negotiated it with the right person, um, I've had at least one example of a client that sold something for about four million or they thought they had. And then the overseas client came back and said, oh, no, that was a contractor. They weren't authorised to agree that payment with you. It's only two million. Shall we send it back? And, you know, it's either lose the two million profit or lose everything because it was a niche piece of equipment. They couldn't repurpose it. So they just had to leave it and take, you know, think about the repeat business. So when I said profitable, prompt payment and repeat business, we aim to get customers to all three. If they're doing it on their own, and then navigating this by themselves, which a lot do try to, because they think what we offer is expensive and it's not, it's free. Um, they might get one of those three things. They might get none of them. And if they put off, it's like anything we try as humans. If we fail, we're not very keen on having a go again, are we? Um, it's not like walking when we're babies where we keep going until we get it. Um, and I think there's a lot of companies out there with good exportable products and services that just need that extra bit of help to get them over the line. Really helpful, thank you. And Caroline, what, uh, what? Let's reverse the question. What would your uh, top tip be for anybody who is either thinking about exploring a new market or taking a new product to an existing market, and therefore they might be feeling quite confident because they're already exporting, or to a business who's just starting out? I mean, first and foremost, I think talk to the Department for Business and Trade. As Amanda says, our advice is free of charge, so they don't lose anything by talking to us. And it might be that they're actually just um, making sure that what they've got planned actually is is the right way to go. So it's that sort of um, making sure that they're, they're doing the right thing. It might be that we actually say that you're actually going at it totally the wrong way and this would be a better way to do it. So I think gain that free advice, but also um, make sure that they do their research very carefully and understand the market that they're going to, as Amanda says, but also appreciate the impact that it might have on their current business, whether that's um, you know positive and negative, um, making sure that they've got finance in place. So I think it's, it's doing that planning early on and doing the research. And once they've got all that in place, then actually exporting will be much, much easier. And it could be that, as, as I've said before, from the work I do, that um, Department of Business and Trade will give them a certain amount of information, but we can then um, you know, make sure they're getting support from other businesses and other partners that can actually support them, perhaps with their current business that they're doing, to make sure that that's fit the purpose as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a really important message that... Um, Sorry. I was just going to say, I mean, it could be, for instance, as Amanda said, that they might need to change their product um, for a particular market. So we might be able to put them in touch with people like Innovate um, UK Edge or some of the other grants that are coming out of the universities for help to help them to fund that innovation in their products. Indeed. And um, that uh, that ecosystem, as you described it at the outside uh, outset, Caroline, is is so important in terms of how effective that works together, effectively, sorry, that works together to make it as easy as possible for the busy owner, manager, export manager, if they have one, to actually get on and do the job. That that is absolutely crucial in terms of uh, the department's the department's role. So, um, just to just to wrap us up then, um, 
what I've what I've heard uh, from this is, as I say, that ecosystem, the accessibility of that ecosystem, and how well it works together is really, really crucial. And mm. you know, first point part of call, phone the Department for Business and Trades helpline, uh, or go on to the um, great uh, website. And I think I have a note of that here. Um, it's www.great.gov.uk. And then to get to the Export Academy, it's forward slash export dash academy. Um, so start there. And um, the message from both Caroline and Amanda is whether you're just exploring a new market and you're already quite a qualified, experienced exporter, or whether you're starting from scratch. And it doesn't matter what size of business you are or what sector you're in. There is some absolutely outstanding advice and services there for you completely free of charge. Um, so why wouldn't you, I guess, is the question that I that I leave everybody with. And of course, um, Amanda gave us a, some, a great guide there, I think, in terms of the whole point of this is to make sure that you, uh, as a business, make a profitable export that gets paid promptly and, more importantly, has multiple opportunities on the back of it. So I'd like to thank both uh, Caroline and Amanda for joining us. That's been an incredibly helpful session. Um, of course, you can uh, pick this up on um, at any point in time via the UMI SatNav service. In the actual uh, podcast um, placement, you will also see a series of next steps. The uh, website that I've mentioned there will be embedded in those next steps. So don't worry about that if you're just listening uh, whilst you're out for a walk or in the car. Um, and thanks again for joining us and very best of luck on your export journey or whether or not you're going into new markets with new products. Thank you. Thank you.